Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. And this is the Heritage Day Celebration Edition of the Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. And give us a call. The number to dial is 86 You can send us a WhatsApp on the WhatsApp line on 614 If you send us a WhatsApp voice note, please do make sure that it's under a minute and that it's audible, that we can actually hear you. Tweet us at SAFM Radio across all social media platforms. That's Twitter, Facebook, whatever the case may be. And I am also on Twitter at Oliver underscore speaking. We're going to be speaking about a dr- uh, wildlife treatment altogether uh, in sand parks, very specifically in the Kruger. Dr. Lufuno Nechitabadulu Nechi is with us, who's a veterinarian at S. Sand Parks. Uh, Dr. Lufuno, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, really do appreciate it. I want to ask a, a question that just fascinates me, and it's an unimportant question to this conversation, but I'll start there. Just how much wildlife exists in the Kruger? Hello, Oliver. I hope you're doing well this morning. Um, Oliver, we've got uh, a lot of wildlife in the Kruger and uh, we've got a lot of variety. Um, we've got a lot of elephants. I mean, um, we've got a lot of animals. I cannot even say the number. Yeah. We've got a lot of animals. Okay, maybe different uh, the number of animal species. <laughs> Oliver, we've got more than... Because um, with animals, it's not just the, the big animals that people think. Because when you say animals, people think elephants. Right. And, yeah, because we have little animals that people don't know. We've got animals. That's why you need to come to the Kruger. And then when you get to the Kruger, buy a med book, and then you'll realize that we've got a lot of animals that you've never heard of. Yeah. And um, t- we've got a lot of species. I'll tell you why this question fascinates me, right? Um, yeah. It's because <laughs> as a vet, I'm assuming one day you're treating an elephant, the next day a lion, the other day a yeah, leopard. Yeah. Uh, you might have to deal with a giraffe and a hippo on, on Thursday. By Friday, you would have dealt with perhaps even a snake. So <laughs> that's why this question fascinates me. Because I want to understand, I can imagine running sand parks, uh, the animal treatment is an is an incredibly complex exercise. What What's the thinking behind how to go about it? And how do what's the protocol around animal treatment? Oliver, as a vet, especially when you work with, I would say as a vet, uh, when you work with animals, you don't know what to expect. I mean, today you might get something without legs or two legs. The next day you get something with six legs. So it's just like opening a lucky packet. And you just have to be prepared in your mind that um, you might get, you don't know what to get. You just need to be prepared for anything. Uh, I'm sure if they even give me a person, I can take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But is that why it takes so long to become a vet? Apparently, it's like yeah. in excess of eight years. Yeah, it's uh, actually it's uh, seven years. Uh, it takes a long time because there are a lot of things that you need to learn. And people think uh, animals are the same. No, animals are different. They think uh, cats are the same as um, lions. Yes, we might call them cats, but I mean, they are different. And the thing is, you have to learn uh, different animals, their physiology, even though some of them are almost the same but still they are different uh, i mean look at uh, human doctors they they only learn a person but they still spend a lot of years learning yeah. one species yeah. for us we learn different species and then i feel like um we 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 are facing a huge challenge i mean compared to human doctors because you you never know what you're going to get and your animals don't your patients don't really talk to you what they're feeling 
Yeah, you yeah. just need to learn the behaviors. And I mean, as a, as a vet, you all in one. You 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 all in one. You deal with everything on the animal. Not yeah. um, you have to do anesthetics yourself. You have to you have to do surgery yourself. Even though we've got some who are specialized in uh, surgeries and all those. Yeah, I I want th- th- this question is very rudimentary but important nonetheless, right? Yeah. A lot of people, and and this is a view I've heard a lot of times. A lot of people say, but why do you need to intervene in wildlife? These animals um, self-regulate. Um, the ecosystem is uh, autonomous. Uh, you don't need to treat these animals for anything. In fact, it's nat- wildlife is about natural selection. So if a giraffe breaks its leg and it dies, that's how it was meant to be. Why is it important um, that vets are a part of the wildlife uh, ecosystem um, and making sure that wildlife health is a priority? Oliver, that's a very good question. Um, the thing is with wildlife, yes, we try to keep it as natural as possible. But look, you, you, you put a fence around the park, already it's no longer natural. Right. And then you, you, you've, we're interfering a lot. We're interfering a lot. So we, for us, vets, or any, uh, any, peop, any person who sort of help with conservation, for us, we're trying to keep that balance because most of the injuries that we treat, they're caused by humans. So, and it's not supposed to be like that. So we keep the balance. Explain that to me. Uh, how is that? Um, so I, I'll give an example, right? Uh, I've got a friend out in, in, in Zanin who owns a rhino conservation um, farm, right? Um, and he tells me that he doesn't like keeping leopards. What they, in fact, try to do is keep the leopards out because the leopards, um, you know, are a danger to the animals. But they also explain to me why rhino horn trimming is a thing because rhino horns use their horns to harm other animals. It seems to me that animals are more of a danger to each other than human beings would be. No, I, I will disagree. Humans are, are, are a huge threat to animals. We what do we do that's so bad? Come on. I mean, we are greedy, Oliver. Humans are greedy. Okay. I mean... I mean, why would you kill a poor rhino for its horn? Why would you kill right, a poor right. lion for its nails or a teeth? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's okay. Outside of outside of rhinos, because that that that's an obvious one. There's a well-established, sophisticated underground black market for that. Yes, yes. But what do we do to the other animals? Are we killing lions? I mean, we we we're poisoning lions. I mean, wow. we've got a lot of incidences where you uh, you find poisoned carcasses of antelopes. They kill the antelopes and then they put poison on them. And then they, they want lions, hyenas, especially vultures. You know, vultures are right. like um, the cleaners of the environment. So, I mean, there are cases where you get to that case, you find almost 100 vultures dead. Wow. I mean, where are we going? The what's what's the vultures? I I I I mean, I don't presume you know the extent of the answer, but what's the reason that happens? What's the reason, for instance, carcasses are being poisoned? I mean, people they want they they want to they want lions they want to harvest lion body parts. I mean, uh, there are certain beliefs. Um, and then I might not be hundred percent correct, but they do sell the lion claws and teeth uh, to the oh. Asian market, the black market. And then vultures, it's believed that uh, they do use uh, vultures as a uh, muti. And uh, other animals, hyenas, uh, their body parts are being used as muti. 
Right. I mean, we're not speaking very specifically about poaching here, but it seems to me that poaching is as much a problem to other animals as it is to rhinos. Yes, it is. I mean, the thing is, people are focused more on rhinos. And then we're forgetting other little animals. Animals like wild dogs, Oliver. We don't have a lot of wild dogs in the world left. I don't have the exact numbers, but I know in the Kruger National Park, so far, we the last time we checked, we had less than 300. So we don't really have a lot of wild dogs left. But the thing is, people, they set snares. They want to catch yeah. for, with the snares. They set snares in the bush for, um, that's, uh, wild, I mean, uh, game meat poaching. They set snares uh, trying to catch impalas and these little animals for meat, for consumption. Yeah. And then animals like wild dogs, hyenas, and lions, they go and get caught on those snares. And those snakes, oh, when they when they catch those animals, it's wires, it's cables. They sort of dig deep into their throats. They end up dying uh, a slow, painful death. So what we do, we try to locate. We get a lot of help from yeah. tourists. Uh, whenever they spot things like that, they do report, and then we have to rush and then try to treat the animal, remove the snare, treat the animal. I mean, with wild dogs, I mean, yeah. wild dogs are dying, and then it's people. Yeah. Lions are dying, it's people. Hyenas are dying, even though we've got a lot of hyenas in the park, but still, they don't really have to die. That's very unfortunate. Dr. Lufuno, thank you so much for your time. This has been incredibly insightful. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, and all the best with your work in uh, sand parks. Really do appreciate it. It is just after half past nine. Time for your news headlines with uh, Kamukhelo Teledi.